Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name's Tyler. You got Brian here. And Jeff. Holy shit, he's back. We let him back on the mic, guys. He, you know, he just wasn't really cutting it as an off-mic producer, so he's back. He's We, we let him have his little Yeti, what, a, what is it called? Blue Yeti something? You're, anyway, whatever. This is a plug for Blue. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> gonna cut gonna cut this out. <laughs> no, you're not. Why do you say that? All of because this is now it's stay. a running joke. Now it's like my my catchphrase. <laughs> uh Brian, how you doing? I'm doing incredible. Very well rested. Very happy to be back. So Brian, you didn't know this because uh you were international when uh when when we found this out, but people haven't heard you in like a month. Because we lost the Top Gun episode. Oh, that's, um, we got to re, re, redo that one. How do we have lose to go, it? Uh, uh, technical difficulties uh, is all I will say. Yeah, I'm looking for the finger point. Who's who's technical? It was me. It was me. I I accidentally. You son of a bitch. I accidentally uh, saved it as the previous episode, and what it did was it saved the previous episode over the new recording. Um, Consider this a formal apology to Tom. We're sorry. We tried to honor you. Oh, Tom Cruise. Jeff. I was like, who the fuck is Tom? Are we creating <laughs> a new in-canon character? Are you talking to the host of Toonami? <laughs> the Tom. Not Tom and Jerry. Whoa. Not Tom from MySpace. We're talking about Tom Cruise. Yo, should we just do a whole <laughs> Toonami episode? <laughs> no, we should do a Tom Cruise episode to honor him for... <laughs> did, we, we already, already did, did that. that. <laughs> we did. Well... You know, I, I don't know what to tell you. We, just, we filmed a great Top Gun episode. <laughs> but, but like, and, I'm but gonna like tell Tom you what, Cruise, how, we're going to put out a great sequel. Yeah. Um, how about this? Instead of doing another Tom Cruise episode, let's do an episode about Obi-Wan Kenobi and let's do it right now. You guys cool with that? All right. Let's do it. Was he in um, Yeah, actually. Yeah. It's heavily prosthetics. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's in the Vader suit, actually. You know the scenes where oh, Leia's no, no. running? He played, like, he played Tala. Uh, the woman who helps him on the thing. Yeah, he's really convincing, actually, as a woman. He has a very girlish figure, Tom Cruise. He brought back that. that Mission Impossible 2 hair flow. and That's exactly right. The um, the scenes where Princess Leia is running away from full-grown adults as a 10-year-old. Yeah, that was, she did that have was... the same posture. Right? <laughs> yes, that's where I was going. She's got the speed, for sure. Um, all right. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, new show on Disney+. Plus. I believe almost every episode was directed by a woman named Deborah Chow, um, obviously starring Ewan McGregor uh, as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Moses Ingram as Reva, um, was Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor, uh, James Earl Jones' voice is back, but in kind of a unique way, which we should talk about for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to read the whole cast because a lot of people make their way in and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but, um, let's just get into some initial thoughts. Uh, Brian, people haven't heard you talk in a while, so I'm going to let you go first. Uh, yeah, I'll keep it brief because I usually, uh, start giving initial thoughts and then just start diving in. So, um, overall I thought it was, um, good. I, you know, definitely some, some flaws it wasn't perfect but overall i enjoyed seeing you and mcgregor back in the obi-wan role and and getting a little bit more of him instead of just 
you know, the canon being that he went into hiding on Tatooine and, and then became an old man one day. And so it was nice to know that there was something in between. Um, and I'll leave it at that. It was good to see him back in the role. Go ahead, Jeff. Um, I, I kind of had a different take. I mean, I, I enjoyed the show overall, uh, especially the final two episodes. I honestly think the first four episodes are actually kind of pointless. And the show just, I don't know, should have gone a different direction for those for the beginning. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really like the first four episodes very much at all. Um, but I did like the final episode a lot. And I wish that there was more content like that. Yeah, so I'm going to echo you there. And I'm going to say, much like the prequels, this movie is really saved by the final installment. Like, it is, it was crazy the disparity between, like, the quality in those first few episodes where I was like, wow, this show kind of looks like shit a lot of the time. And then the last two episodes where I was like, wow, this is actually, like, really good Star Wars storytelling. Um, I really like the character development, um, the way that the like fight choreography improved at the end was like really like like Night absolutely insane compared to like the first yeah. couple episodes i was like oh man those first episodes i was like what is happening hard to what, watch like, that yeah hard to yeah watch. Hard, to, hard to watch the fighting in the early episodes all right well yeah so i will just leave it at that i definitely think it's still worth the watch i mean it's six hours of Star Wars storytelling, it's just like Brian said, it's great to see Ewan McGregor back in the role. Hayden Christensen, I'm really happy that he's being embraced by Star Wars fans again because I, I've i always liked him. <laughs> I think that, and I wish that his career hadn't kind of stalled out over the Star Wars stuff and I would like to see him kind of be back. Um, he doesn't necessarily need to be back in just in Star Wars stuff, but like I, I genuinely find him charming as an actor and I like him in things. So I hope that he this is like his sort of return to Hollywood uh, in a way. So um, yeah, with that, I mean, let's just get into the series full spoilers for Obi-Wan and pretty much any movie or TV show we've ever watched. (laughs) So if you don't want anything to be spoiled, uh, this is the wrong podcast for you, but here's full spoilers for Obi-Wan going into this. Um, Who has, I think Jeff, you probably have the most negative things to say. So why don't you just start? Go ahead. I can see you just sweating. I've alluded to this in the past, but yeah, I mean, the opening, the opening, I don't know if we want to go episode by episode, there's only six, but um, I don't know, the opening uh, episode, we get to see a 10-year-old Leia track star outrun some full-grown adults who were prepared to capture her. She was surrounded by people who had set an ambush, and apparently they did not think that her picking a specific direction and jogging was an option. Um, I don't know that, that, that just really, really upset me, especially since the ultimate ending of that chase scene is that she gets captured anyways. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Then by flea by the, from the red hot chili peppers, <coughs> who was just standing there. You guys recognize him? No. Did we already go over this? No. Oh yeah. That's flea from the red hot chili peppers. The guy who kidnaps her. Isn't that funny? No. Um, I don't think it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find that funny at all. <laughs> I, I, in fact, no. I, I just like him simply because of his uh, role that he had to play in this in this scene. Like, if the goal of your story is for her to be kidnapped, then don't waste my time showing me absolute horseshit of her running away and almost not getting kidnapped because it just loses all validity. It's like, sure, is she getting away or is she is or is she not? Because 
if she is, I'm fine with this, with buying a little bit of disbelief. But if the entire point of view is for her to run around for 30 minutes just to get captured, <laughs> I'm, I'm not into it. Uh, pick something to, pick to do something else with your story. I have a serious question for you, Jeff. Do you hate Star Wars? Sometimes. I feel like I feel like you don't actually like it. And I don't know. You don't have to keep watching these shows with with us. Like you, if you don't like Star Wars, that's fine. But like the, there's logical inconsistencies in it all the time. Like this, how the stormtroopers can't get a single shot to hit a single person ever. Like no one ever dies by stormtrooper fire. You know, like there's so many uh, logical inconsistencies that really uh, make- order 66. They've got like. 30 confirmed, yeah, well, confirmed kills, bro. Those aren't stormtroopers. Those are clone troopers, well, actually. Okay. Uh, but they become stormtroopers in that moment. Uh, no, the stormtroopers aren't. Well, I guess some of them are, right? In the original trilogy, they are the clones. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'm so I'm. They, Have we ever gotten confirmation get, of that? Well, actually? so I mean, you get them, you get their 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 armies reinforced, right? There definitely wasn't enough of a clone army to support the expansion of the galaxy that the Empire went under. So they went through and and drafted more people into the army. But yeah, because I'm thinking right now we saw a clone in this series. Yes. When Obi Wan goes to that planet and Tamara Morrison is sitting there with his clone armor with his helmet out, asking for donations. That is correct. So why isn't he a stormtrooper? How did he break through the programming? Because isn't the concept that like they became yes, like they they went through under and, programming? And I guess I'm and bad batch, bro. If you watch the bad batch, well, if you watch the bad batch, what they show is that it takes Wait, like Brian. Have you watched that? No, I just oh, kind of okay. figured out what it was based on what you're describing right now. So oh, okay, <laughs> but in the bad batch, they do discover that you know it is. There is ways to override that programming, and even it's actually I don't know it's in it's in the Clone Wars as well, but um, yeah, but it's like this concentrated effort, and those and they are like hunted for not being part of the programming. So just having one weird clone out there is is kind of a weird choice, since the Bad Batch is all accounted for. I guess maybe not at this point. I don't know. Um, yeah, but you're right. That was also bullshit. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think that in Star Wars, like they they do some stuff that doesn't make sense for sure. Giving Leia the like the innate ability to jog at apparent super speed is impressive. I don't I don't know why that didn't serve her well when she was running from Darth Vader at the beginning of A New Hope, but it I mean, didn't, there's I guess so. I mean, so. there's there's more to it. Like Darth Vader flies across the galaxy. I'm assuming this is a multi-hour flight. I'm assuming this is days of his time sitting in a cramped fucking spaceship all to get to this planet where he has heard Obi-Wan is there. He leads this raid on this village, believing that Obi-Wan's going to be there. He discovers Obi-Wan out in this coal mine. He gets into a uh, a lightsaber fight with him and starts a f- and I think it's Obi-Wan that starts the fire by striking the ground. No, Vader does it. Oh, oh, and then and then some lone gunman starts shooting, and Obi Wan starts like walking in the opposite direction, and Darth Vader's like, ah. Oh, Obi Wan ah. doesn't walk in the opposite direction. He gets oh, he's, carried he's, by he gets a very yeah. slow robot. And, and Darth <laughs> Vader's like, why did you mention the cramped spaceship? What was uh, what point? Point, my point is, Darth Vader went through this fucking like galaxy spanning yeah. quest to get there. Wanted to get out and do like a quick. I want him. He gets stopped at the first minor inconvenience, Brian. He takes like one bullet fire. And then he's just like watching Obi-Wan get dragged away and he's just like, ah, shoot, you know, I can't, I can't, the, I don't have anything to overcome this. I, there's I just really this, this, this lake of fire here, there's these bullets, this is too much for you. I'm just going to stay here and watch oh. him get away. Well, we have also, Jeff, in that moment, we saw 
Darth Vader extinguish the flames with the force push yeah. moments before they get reignited. And then he's like, ah, oh, the force. I don't have enough okay. force left what, in me uh, to do it. What, what you're not My doing. force meter is drained. I have to wait for it to what slowly to go consider, back up. What you have to consider here and what you guys are missing is these guys might be aware they're on camera and they're yeah. might be like, this is my dramatic moment. That's exactly right. The away. plot required him to not be able to Look, extinguish the like, fire a second time. He's like, time. all right, I'm going to go kill him. He's, he's moving away slowly. You know what? No, the camera's on me. I will say as much as I loved the finality of this and the fight scene between Vader and Obi-Wan in this, in this finale, the moment where Obi-Wan does this like big moment where he lifts all the rocks up as cool as that was i was like why didn't he ever use this ability in any previous lightsaber the whole story was that he was like refinding his powers right yeah but but that's way more power than he's ever ever exhibited in the past right i mean like that's like a huge amount of power like lifting all of those boulders and sending them flying like that i like we've never seen obi-wan do anything like that there's a point vader for that matter wait dude that moment when he pulls the ship out of the sky that shit was so cool when he opens that that door and just like grabs the ship out of the air was such a i was like i rewound it like five but, times but he couldn't do that to the robot upset. that was 20 yeah. feet away you know what but that was show breaking a little bit because the moment i saw that the rest of it was like like why is he even bothering to duel obi-wan <laughs> yes like, why doesn't he just crush him <laughs> exactly like, that's yeah no one sure. else can do what he just did and like for for it to not play out in the rest of the show where he's just i mean why does he that. even play around with luke in empire strikes back why does he, he can just sword? like grab a ship out <laughs> of the air yes like what the fuck he like i don't understand that chick without a sword he just kept stopping her swings so i'm like why do you then engage with other people with a sword i don't understand <laughs> like you're way overpowered dude like like Thank you. but it looked it looked really cool it was Thank sick you. Yeah, sick, I loved but, it, but, but yeah, it was ridiculous. a little bit because For the sure. moment you can do that, nothing else makes sense. I'm, I'm glad we're all in agreement. Oh, yeah. No, it, I, I fully embrace how stupid this show was. Like, I definitely agree. I had a lot of issues with it, but I can't deny how much I still enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Because I just... For, there's something about the Star Wars universe that allows me to just kind of turn off my logic. Like, I can just be like, whatever, you know? None of this makes any sense because they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and they don't have like this overarching, like we got to get this exactly perfect. Like Star Trek does, you know what I mean? Like there's very few um, timeline inconsistencies, or if there are, they just move that, that story into a different parallel dimension basically um, or timeline. Um, And I I like that Star Wars is just kind of like, fuck it. (laughs) Just, just throws everything at the wall gives people different varying power sets and like their abilities and whatever and i'm like i don't know i can just i can just really enjoy it because i love the world so much and i just the costuming and all of it is just so exciting to me that yeah i don't know so you guys can jeff you can hate it as much as you want you don't have to watch it i won't make you um but yes you will i like it no in order to cover it in order to cover it for this podcast i have to watch it you you can also just not be on an episode. If wow, you, don't be. you hear it, That's folks? Fine. He's trying to. I'm being I'm being suppressed. Okay. Help! <laughs> no, um, no, I'm being oppressed. <laughs> yeah, that's what you I was see him say. oppressing me. <coughs> um. Okay. Uh, Brian, did you have any other like notes or thoughts about this? Um. Series? So I'll agree. While I gave the show a good rating, I'll agree it got better as it went along. There was some really hard shit to watch in the early episodes. Uh, 
Obi-Wan's fight scene in the hallway against the the Sentinel droid and then the people shooting at him on the other side right before like the water breaking scene where he breaks the glass or whatever. Are we into full spoilers? Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. we are at this point. Okay. Uh or is there, it was a fight scene around there somewhere. I'm kind of getting confused as to where it fell in. But man, it, I was like, dude, I'm having a hard time watching this because he would like block one or two shots from the Sentinel droid thing that detected him. And then he would turn around to engage with the people on the other side of him. And the, the droid, the drone or whatever, would just sit there and watch him until he turned back around. And I was yeah. like, or, oh, well, they, I'm having a hard time. They definitely showed lasers coming from the droid going past him in the other direction but it was like how is this droid oh, sure. missing yeah like, i don't understand I yeah it was like, it was wildly convenient and like just horrible like i just feel like there's times like that where i watch it and i'm like dude i don't feel like it would be that hard to come up with the fight choreography where you didn't have to just have anytime he's looking away the shot miss conveniently like you, there's something else you can do here to where it's not super crazy it's not super in depth but at the same time um you know, we're, we're watching a cohesive fight scene that's believable because, man, I was having a hard time watching that scene. And then uh, the other thing that I thought looked like real crap was when they're running from the Grand Inquisitor chick, the former Padawan or whatever, and um, the ship comes down and they jump onto the, sh- the little ship and then the other one comes in and starts shooting at her so that they could get away. The flight of those ships looked terrible. It looked like someone was like, all right, I'm going to just start the camera rolling. I'm just going to make the ship go like this with my hand. All right, edit out my hand. And it just looked. It, it was also kind of interesting horrible. to see the snow speeders be spacefaring. I don't think we'd seen those speeders since Hoth. Well, I know we haven't seen those speeders since Hoth. And I don't know if we've ever seen them leave a planet's surface. Sure. So it was kind of like, oh, is that a... Are those spaceships? I don't. I don't think yeah. they were initially. But I thought that. Way... I mean, there's a reason they call them speeders and snow speeders at that. Yeah. You know? But it looked like they ran out of budget right before they shot that scene because it looked bad. Um, yeah, I will say to compare this to another thing that is having like a very interesting prequel sequel thing that's coming out. The Lord of the Rings series looks like they are putting so much budget into it to make it look really cinematic. And one of the things that I've been kind of annoyed about the Disney Plus output is that it does not look up to par. Excuse me. It does not look up to par for me. Like, I want it to look like I wanted them to put so much budget into this that it felt like a six hour prequel movie. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm kind of sure. annoyed that Disney didn't do that with how much money they have and how much capacity they had. Cause there's a moment where they um, are on that, that planet and Riva and all the stormtroopers are laying siege. And it looked like they filmed that in a closet. Like it looked bad to me. I was like, I hate this. I hate looking at like, there's like 10 stormtroopers. Like it looks really fake. They're all right. Like it just, it just looked like shit to me. And I was kind of annoyed because you, I know that how they filmed that was in the volume, which is this um, basically 3G pro- projected wall room that they have. It's how they film most of the Mandalorian. So that instead of acting against green screen, you're acting against, like the picture X backdrop and it makes it look like you're, they don't have to like CGI the world into it. It's like live captured. It's very interesting. There's a lot of YouTube videos about it. Go watch them. They're very, it's a very interesting thing, but it also is restricting when you do it that way, because you have to be placed in a very specific way that still looks like you're in a room. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you can't like spread out the way you would in like real like outdoor space you still have to be within the walls and so everybody has to be like perfectly staged 
And so it looks staged and I, I was just annoyed by that. I wanted this to have like a bigger scope and feel bigger, you know? And I just felt like it didn't, it always felt very claustrophobic, the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with, with that, and with that said, I mean, it was, I think any scene with Darth Vader looked awesome. I think they were like, they knew that he was the thing that everyone really wanted to see. And like, obviously it'll be one nice to see him back in the role, but to get more Vader was tight. Like, and I, they, they do, let me collect my thoughts here. I think the Vader in the original films was iconic in just his imposing presence. And it wasn't in anything that he actually did on camera. Like there's nothing that you really see that you're like, holy shit. You know what I mean? It's just more like his reputation that they speak to in the movies that makes you like see Darth Vader as this larger than life figure. And so with getting more screen time for Vader, you have to do certain things to like, like fill in that gap between the reputation that he has and what we're at, like that super immobile figure we were seeing in the early films, if you follow me. And so getting more Vader screen time, we had that one shot, I think it's in the end of Rogue One where he's just ripping through the tunnels and just killing everybody. Yes. Like in, in getting shots like that of Vader, it, it, um, it gives you the visual that goes with the reputation and you go, okay, now I get why he's one of the baddest dudes in like, film history or whatever and in this one i, I was kind of worried about getting vader and then not you know um not getting that same level of badassness on screen and i think they they were cognizant of that and they put in the extra effort on the vader scenes in order to keep getting more of it and like the scene where he's not even using his sword to fight that chick was badass the catch in the ship was a badass the final fight, I don't know how much I'm in love with Obi-Wan just kicking his ass again um, for the second time. I feel like we just got that same fight again from episode three. How did you guys feel about the that final fight? I mean, it literally just felt like a repeat in a different backdrop of the Obi-Wan-Anakin fight at the end of episode three. I loved it, actually. <laughs> it was still good. Don't get, I'm not trying to criticize it, but it definitely gave me the same vibe of like, they get into a fight. There's some adversity. It looks like Anakin might pull it out. And then Obi-Wan just figures it out at the end and, and leaves him ruined or whatever and takes off. And I was like, um, you know, I don't know if I, if there's anything else they could have done there. But uh, yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Kill each other? Like, like we know that they lived yeah. through it. So they but we wanted to see them face off again, you know, and you want like in the original A New Hope. When Obi-Wan greets Darth Vader, he doesn't call him Anakin. He calls him Darth, yeah. right? And you ha so mm. it implies that Obi-Wan and Anakin met again mm. at some point. Yes, Jeff, I, I know you disagree, but I think that, and I think most Star Wars fans will agree. And you're not a fan, so you can't actually opine on this, actually. We just discovered that you hate Star Wars. So um, I... I I, I think that it implies that they had some other history because why wouldn't he call him Anakin if the last time he saw him, he was burnt to a crisp on Mustafar? You know what I mean? Like, why would he call him Darth? Why would he know to call him Darth? You know? And it's because at the time, I don't think George Lucas thought of Darth Vader as Luke's father named Anakin. You know? Well, I know he didn't. I know that wasn't his intention, you know? So... They, I think that they had to make take some steps to get them to that point. Um, and that final fight sees... Oh, first of all, it shows Anakin take ownership for killing himself or 
Darth Vader take ownership for killing Anakin. Yep, good Which moment. is where Obi-Wan gets that line where he says, Darth Vader killed your father, right? So it gives him an excuse for lying to Luke. And it gives him the moment where he says, goodbye, Darth. Because he's no longer Anakin in his mind. He's accepted that Anakin is now dead. Now, the main plot hole that comes from this final fight scene is that Obi-Wan didn't just bisect Anakin at that point. Because he has the baddest man in the galaxy who he has seen kill so many people at this point. And he has him beaten. Like, he's done. Darth Vader is not winning that fight. Obi-Wan needs to kill him. Like, he should have killed him in that moment. He he murdered him last time. He had no problem dropping into a fucking lake of fire. That they needed to have another cons- the ending of it. As much as I loved seeing Anakin or like Darth Vader's helmet split open with Hayden Christensen's face sticking out and the voice switching between Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones, kind of it was like a blended version of their voices. I loved all of that, and that imagery was really awesome. They needed to have another conceit that stopped him from killing Anakin, so that they so that it was a little bit more believable. Because I can't just out of the goodness of his heart, he decided not to kill this man who's going to go off and raid the galaxy and kill so many people. You know what I mean? That yep. doesn't make any sense to me. Jeff, I got to correct you, man. He did not kill him at, at Mustafar or whatever. He literally like saw him alive on the thing. I'm sure he thought he was going to die, but yeah. if he was trying to just straight up kill him, he would have walked up and just stuck his lightsaber in him real quick. Sure. Like, he did the same. He made the same decision twice, which was seeing him still alive in front of him and walking away because he, you know, uh, but they're completely different because vestiges of their Anakin friendship. would have died if Palpatine hadn't showed up and saved him on Mustafar. Whereas in this one, Darth Vader was otherwise completely fine. Yeah, I don't really get that decision though. Just like, like, and you know that dude's gonna hunt you to the end of the earth. Like, exactly. Why, the, why are you letting? I him need to protect Luke by letting his fucking deranged father continue yeah. to rape the galaxy. And let's be real. You're probably not winning fight number three. So what are we doing here? Like, right. yeah, I. Doesn't doesn't they, they make had sense to do it that way. They for, had to do it that way, unfortunately. But for, they, well, I, I think something that interrupted them might have been a little bit better than him just choosing to stop and let him live. I I will say on my thoughts on the final episode, I think that this was the best fight in the episode in the series. Um, there were still issues. I was hoping for a caliber of fight that we got in episode three, where I mean, there's just so much footage. Sorry, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Correct. correct? Yes. Um, because in Revenge of the Sith, there's so much footage of Christensen and, and McGregor training for that final fight. So yeah, much and footage. And McGregor is wearing like skinny jeans. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. In that, in that press conference too, where he's got like eyeliner, uh, yeah, which is fucking He's a weird mystic. dude. Yeah. He's very Scottish and very strange. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so he, uh, like, I was hoping that they would bring that same level of commitment to choreography back. And unfortunately, just the opening moments of those fight scenes, a lot of jump cuts. Or a lot of, it was really piecemealed together, which was unfortunate. Because um, I was hoping. So, for- something I read was that um, the LED lightsabers that they were using uh, were new models. And the cameras that they were using are like a lower quality camera or something like that. And so the the lightsaber LEDs actually damaged some of the early fight scene recording. And so they were only able to use certain parts of it because it was too bright. Like the light was like washing out the the, the stuff. And so that's why the early part of that fight scene is a bit jumpy, hmm. but I still liked it. I thought, I, I thought they, they hit it. I and, didn't even notice it until I read that article. Oh, I was watching it like jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. But I guess I'm just more dedicated to film knowledge than you. Anyway, um, I okay. will say 
that oh, right. it, then they go into oh, like right. this cavern thing and there was just a couple moments where like they would swing like not at their opponent to like force an effect on like a rock like like Darth Vader would like swing and then like make this like slash at a rock to the left and then like Obi-Wan would like block and then like slash at this rock to the right and it was like what what are you guys doing the thing about Vader is like he he, like I said before he's kind of an immobile guy he's very stiff I I think it makes sense with what his character's backstory is which is it's just kind of like a torso and a head in there it looked like the rest of it's robotic it looked like a twitch is what it bothered me I don't know but at the same time like what I kind of wanted to see more of is them um melding his sword fighting with the force and I think they they kind of let like I don't know maybe I need to rewatch it but I think they took away a lot of the force stuff in favor of just a sword fight at the end and that's where I think Vader kind of isn't as scary. I think when Vader's doing sword fighting and then blasting your ass through a rock, you know, like with force powers, that's where he really has the advantage and where he's the scariest motherfucker in the universe. But in that last fight, they really went from him pulling a ship down with ease to him just trying to beat him in a sword fight. And I just, I was just wondering if there was just a narrative about that being uh, ego, like, you know, because he lost the epic sword fight in episode three. Um, or what, but I don't know. I think Vader suffers when he's just sword fighting because of his more immobile character. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree with that. I, I've always found that to be true of Darth Vader. Like you said earlier, the the only like, real like badass fight scene we've seen with Vader um, is in that moment in Rogue One where the fucking doors open and it's in silhouette and then all of a sudden you just see the lightsaber ignite very slowly and then he just rips through that corridor, you know? That was uh, that was like the the most scary that we've seen Vader. Don't get me wrong, he's badass in the original trilogy, but they're they're limited by the fight choreography of the time being what it was, right? Um <clears throat> and costuming. I mean, David Prowse is in this massive costume with like this weird shoulder armor that covers his shoulders so he can't actually lift his arms very high, you know? So he's like having to like he can't they just they didn't design the armor in a way that is conducive to allow movement, right? Um, so that's another reason that he's head. so stiff. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, like if you think about wearing a helmet, right? There's a reason that motorcycle helmets aren't just two eye holes on a sheet of plastic because that actually limits your field of vision. There's a big open screen that you're looking through. So Darth Vader actually can't really see that well if you think about it like the way that that like if you put on a helmet like that like there's so much limiting to your field of vision by those two lenses have you seen someone someone i saw a picture of uh like an anatomically correct human head fitting inside like the dimensions of a stormtrooper and like their eye holes are like not where eyes are oh yeah it's ridiculous and they're like this is why they always miss (laughs) because they're forced to wear armor that they literally can't see through yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, they have to, like, turn their head like a chicken <laughs> they have to, like, and, like, look at things. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that that's the limiting factor of Darth Vader. As far as, like, the fight choreography with, like, the extra flourishes that hit the rocks, bro, go watch any other Star Wars lightsaber fight scene. Most of the flourishes that they do, it's like, what are you swinging at over there? There's no one over there. Why is Obi-Wan blocking this this swing for mannequin like, that it would felt hit like, the ground. It felt like there was an actual director actually directing Obi-Wan and Darth Vader being like, hit the rock. We need more rock explosions. Hit the, hit that, hit that rock. And I was I like, mean, it this could is- be that they, you know, that conceptually you could think of it as like, maybe he was going for a backswing and he hit the rock and it stopped the lightsaber, but the lightsaber would just go through the rock. That's how that works. Um, 
You know what moment I really wanted to see was when Obi-Wan was pelting Vader with the rocks in that moment, right? I wanted to like when and Vader's just like shouldering them. He just kind of puts his head down and kind of leans into it. I wanted to see Vader just like do kind of a Neo thing and like stop all the rocks there. You know what I mean? And like make it sort of a more of a force battle. I, they, there was like some inconsistencies of like as to like when they used the force you know what i mean it's like is it only necessary in this moment because i don't really understand um i also wanted vader when he put when he crushed the ground when he did that like <laughs> uh that moment where he like put it the hand on the ground and you know created a crevasse or whatever for obi-wan to fall into i really wanted him to be like I have the high ground now or something like that. I know it would have been dumb and very cheesy, but that's what Star Wars is. It's all dumb and cheesy. Like <laughs> it's all ridiculous. And I wanted him to bring it back and make the reference because I think that high ground moment is kind of a silly moment for Obi-Wan to have said, honestly, that whole final thing that he says to Anakin on in Revenge of the Sith is pretty ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> only the Sith deals in absolute. Um, anyway. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, as much as we've been ragging on it, like I genuinely liked the series. Um, do you guys want to talk quickly about character the, or actors that were in it and performances specifically? Sure. Um, we already talked about Hugh McGregor, so I think we're fine. Why don't there. we talk about the Grand Inquisitor? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I have got a name for her. Oh, wait. Reva? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Moses Ingram. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually just watched Ambulance, uh, the Michael Bay movie uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen. Um, and she plays his wife in that. And in that, she's just like a sweet, loving wife. You know what I mean? N- hmm. New mother. And I was just like, you're better at that than you are at playing like a malicious, <laughs> like dark, dark force user. Um so yeah, I I like her actually quite a lot. I think that she's a good actress. Um, I don't think that this role really suited her personally. I feel very bad for her because of all of the hate and racism that has been directed her way by supposed Star Wars fans who can't get their heads out of their asses. Like I I genuinely like I like. I now support her in her role, even though I didn't really think that she did that good of a job, you know, because I just, I think she's probably too nice of a person to really play that evil is, is what my thought is. But now I want her to be in more things because I just want to fucking flip off all those racists online. I don't care. What's happening? She, people are attacking her. Dude. Yeah. It's been crazy. Star Wars and Disney had to like come out and be like, yo, if you don't support her, then you don't support Star Wars. So either stop. like stop yeah. watching star wars or leave her alone like you and mcgregor had to do some shit it's been terrible man it's been absolutely horrible i just don't understand that shit i yeah i don't get it i don't understand how people i just if you didn't like it just that's don't a like whole it. other podcast it's called getting political with t and the boys but um yeah look it up on apple podcast coming soon um i yeah so anyway now i want more for her just to just because fuck those guys for or those people for being like that but in all honesty i didn't necessarily think she crushed this role unfortunately um are you guys aware of who darth revan is yep no 
It's from a video game called Knights of the Old Republic. Um, essentially, spoilers for that game that came out in the 90s. Um, but 30-year-old game. He's, uh, when you wake up, he's the main character, but he's he's under a different name. I think Just Revan, maybe. I can't remember. But um, throughout the course of the game, you find out that he was a Jedi who switched to the Sith and then had his memory wiped. And the Jedi were like, no, you were always a Jedi. And then you're hunting this Dark Force Jedi and you find out that that guy was your partner and that you're actually the leader of the Sith. And then you get to decide whether you switch back to the dark side or stayed with the light. That's essentially the, the game. Very big fan favorite, really awesome helmet um, and like costume design on, on that character. Um, the fact that Reva is R-E-V-A and Revan is R-E-V-A-N has a lot of people thinking that she is like, this is their version of Revan, that they're going to do a Revan story with her because she's she was a young Padawan who switched to the dark side and now is coming kind of back to the light. You know what I mean? So it is sort of that I mean, storyline, and, and so people are thinking the that that's pure what amount, doing. just the pure amount of shit that Disney Plus is is greenlighting. I am not going to be surprised if that's what they choose to do. Well, it won't be Knights of the Old Republic. I think that they sure. they've officially wiped that from canon. Um, but I think that um. This is them kind of being like, oh, what if we kind of like brought a little bit of this story? Obviously, because this also isn't from the Old Republic, right? This The Old Republic is like sure. thousands of years earlier. I was right? about to say, I kind of wish they would do something like that. It's like get way older with it and go to the establishing of the Jedi or... Oh, they, you know. they are. There's like a High Republic TV series coming. Like they're going to... Awesome. I think they're going to basically take the Star Wars universe after they finish this storyline. Um but but yeah and just uh, get away see. from the empire versus rebels thing like i agree i'm sick of that shit I'm, i want to see some other stuff in this world yeah um, like, there's so much you can do with it it's so so expansive like why are we still in the same storyline yeah, anyway um the reason why i brought her up is because i thought the whole callback to one of the most notorious moments from anakin's um role in the first three movies uh, episodes one, two, and three, excuse me, was the whole killing the uh, the younglings thing. I think that's something that's never left his character. It's always been this like, bro, it's one thing to like go after the Jedi, but to go in and slaughter a bunch of kids is just insane and is stuck with that character. And so for them to have a character that calls back to that and shows some kind of lasting ramifications of that, like that one of them grew up and still wants to kill him and is like in his inner circle to try to like, you know, get him from the inside, like... I kind of appreciated it. You know, I thought she did fine in the role. It didn't blow my mind or anything. But at the same time, I liked the character um, and the concept of like not, like not letting that one tragic sin just be a memory. Like let it be something that sure. continues to haunt him essentially, which yeah. I, I, I just like that. That's all. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think the character is an interesting character. Um, but yeah. Jeff, quickly, because I know you've watched some of the animated stuff. Um, what did you think of the other Inquisitors? Um, yeah, I uh, I don't love the idea of Inquisitors. I mean, I know you talked about this last time. I, I think that... Uh, what of, did I say? Did I say I hated it? You said you hated it and they're dumb lightsabers. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, okay, I do. And they're <laughs> dumb lightsabers. I think the lightsabers yeah, are cool. lightsabers fucking spin around and shit. It's so dumb. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think I'm fine with that part. For me, it just doesn't make sense that like they just have this army of Sith, the Force users. Like, yeah. Like, where yeah. did they come from? Well, uh, Lucas limited the Sith in a very stupid way by creating the rule of two. That is basically like, oh yeah, the Jedi have like thousands of members, and we only have two people at all times. We can't have more. Yeah, if Just there's a third, two. he kills his master. <laughs> yep. Um, but that rule of two still fucking exists. So yeah, so exactly. That's why they're not Sith. That's why they're just Dark Force users that they're employed by the Sith. Can't have three, right? But yeah. they are using the dark side of the force they're what what makes them not sith the sith doesn't stop them nah, from it's using the, name. the yeah it's the name. i think it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's a title only so what stops yeah. a dark force user from killing uh a sith person and just calling themselves like there's nothing all right it's dumb it's a dumb distinction to be like it doesn't make any sense i agree that's why it's there one are of the main reasons i don't like dark them. force users like what the fuck are you talking about those are called sith you dumbass and he's gonna murder you too um yeah. Um, I also so there's a lot of I, I oh, saw okay. something that cracked me up, which was uh, two different people survived getting stabbed in the chest in this in this show. Yeah, and it was and right? it was a picture of Qui Gon or Liam Neeson with like a confused look at his face, like what the fuck. <laughs> so speaking of Liam Neeson, <laughs> Liam Neeson, the whole series, every time he kept being like master, like I need this, I need this, and I'm like, oh, here talk, it comes, it's Liam Neeson Force Ghost, and then it doesn't happen. And then at the very end, he's not doing it. And Liam Neeson just shows up in all his glory. I was like, holy shit, they did it. They did it. They brought him back. I didn't know if he was actually going to come back. And I was very excited. Um, The Emperor shows up. They got Ian McDermott to come back and uh, put on all those really terrible prosthetics to become the Emperor. And uh, I think he loves being the Emperor. I think he loves all the Star Wars pageantry and like how much his character is important in the mythos. I think he just loves it all. So um, kind of fun to see him come back. Um, let's talk about some of the side characters. Um, what did you guys think about seeing uh, Uncle Ben come back and it be, uh, what's his name from Warrior? What's that guy's name? Uh, Bren- Brendan? No, Brendan no, Conlon. Yeah, that's Brendan that's the character. That's the character name in Warrior, but what's the actor's <laughs> name? <laughs> Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton, that's right. Joel I just Edgerton. wanted to see him choking somebody out and being like, I'm sorry, Tommy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Reba. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anakin. I'm glad that he chose Anakin. I'm glad that he chose to come back though. Like he had to know he's setting up for a minor role. And the fact yes. that he was just like, Yeah, I'll do it. I was like, okay, that's fantastic. Like I love that. Me too. I love that he came back. Because- bigger bigger actor, like once they've made it big, like them calling back to an older role. Like I Especially something so minor. I mean it, he ba- I he has that. like yeah. one sentence line I'm- in one of the I Star Wars it. and then otherwise yeah. doesn't get anything. I love to... it because I feel more connected to the character because I recognize their face more. Yeah. But but they're still keeping that universe whole. And I also... Going back to their little little role and it was perfect. Uh, I thought he was great. I also love yeah, that I they was, didn't... I was very happy. I love that too. they didn't like expand his character too. They weren't like, oh, we've got Joel Edgerton. Let's turn him into no. an action yeah. hero where he... Well, yeah. they gave him like an action bit, but it's like very basic and very straightforward. It was true to and... the character. Yeah, exactly. And he did, yeah, exactly. And he wasn't like all of a sudden like a great fighter. He right. was just a guy with a gun, <laughs> you know, You're like, fuck, just pull the trigger, I guess. I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, crazy that he came back. When I saw, when I 
I, when I heard that he was coming back, I was like, that's amazing. I love Joel Edgerton. <laughs> I think he's the best. Yeah. I'm just so, because like going and watching the prequels, it blows my mind that they got him for this like bit part because they were filming in Australia and he was like an up and coming actor in Australia. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll be in this Star Wars movie for like this one sentence scene, you know, like I, you know, and then he ended up being like this big actor. So it's like this crazy thing that he's in the universe. And so for him to come back just mean meant a lot to me, I guess. Like, yeah. I was just like, yes, he's back. Um, and on top of that, one of the things that I wanted to point out is I follow a lot of Star Wars content creators like cosplayers and... and Why? I thought you hated Star Wars. I, I, so I never said I hated it. Star Wars. Let's clear that up. I hate bad writing, of which Star Wars is very guilty. Uh, okay. So I will make fun of and point out the areas of Star Wars that suck, but I'm not going to sit here and blindly tell you that the fucking uh, uh, OG trilogy is the best trilogy, because it's not. Um, but the... Uh, the the fact of the matter we is we're finally going to get some what, fan emails. <laughs> what what the uh, what I liked about this show is they actually included a lot of their content creators as extras. They went through and were like, "Yo, you guys love Star Wars. You guys have really expanded this fandom and represent us in the time that we're not creating content." And they invited them on to come be extras, which I thought was very fun. Um, a lot of people that I follow are like, did you see me in this episode? I was the dude that got shot right there. I loved it. I told him to kill me off. Uh, I don't know. It was fun to see the community kind of embrace the show in that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about Kumail Nanjiani as like the fake Jedi turned kind of rogue? He's kind of like filled like a Han Solo capacity. The main thing about them introducing that character that was kind of seemed kind of important is like, where is he in the original trilogy? Why isn't he a part of it? I don't understand this character. Honestly, I didn't really enjoy his character very much. Hmm. I thought I thought he was fine, you know, and he served like enough of a purpose. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. That's uh, Ice Cube's (laughs) son is in this show as like the leader of the early resistance. See, he Maya. was fine. It was, I don't know. The other dude was just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting too much of him recently. I feel like he's been in a bunch of the major stuff. Getting yeah, like the Marvel yeah. movie, he was fine. But this one, I was just like, eh. It wasn't doing they, much for me. I don't think they really did enough with him is the issue. That's that's all it really is for me. Um, I'm interested well, to see what they, they definitely are introducing him so they can use him again. Yeah, but. they're probably going to green light his own show. So don't hold your breath. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sick of hearing you guys shit on Star Wars. So let's, let's move on. Anyone have anything else to say before we wrap up? Star Trek's better. Oh, watch watch the last two Just episodes kidding. and no, only the last two episodes. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the last episode of The Clever Kids. Uh, we will never be doing this again because I hate my brothers now and I've disowned them. Um, Just kidding. Uh, Brian... I think you watched a lot of shit this week because you've been on a lot of airplanes. Yes. Um, why don't you jump into what's clever? Um, cool. I will just list off a bunch and then uh, backtrack and give a quick opinion. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Watch that. King Richard. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Everything Everywhere All at Once was the topic of last week's episode. Do you want to talk about oh, your nice. feelings real quickly? Yeah, it was it was an awesome movie. Um, I think the premise made sense. I think a lot of the the visual effects and everything were great. Um, the actress in the main role killed it. I really enjoyed her husband in it. I thought he was just a great character. Like, just really showed a wide uh, range of being able to. Did you recognize who it is? I think I already told you who it is, but 
it's that's short round from Indiana Jones data wow. from the Goonies. I, I think you yeah, mentioned that it didn't click for me, but wow. Yeah, go listen to last week's episode. Jeff, are you wearing a Sonderbaum shirt? It's just a that's Sonder- ADD for you, everybody. All right. Anyway, so Sorry, um, so anyway, uh, I will say the hot dog thing. It was kind of resonating in my head that you guys had made a hot dog joke a couple episodes back after Jeff had seen it, and so when I was watching the movie. Man, that flirted with being like distracting to me. Like I, I thought it was funny. I thought the, the, I thought it was cool to have a universe where she and the, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis were in love. Like I thought that was all really interesting to show all the different possibilities. The hot dog thing was like, I know it was some comedic relief, but there was points where I was like, all right, like <laughs> I'm getting enough yeah. of the hot dogs. I, I personally love it. I think it's so funny, dude. But... When they're when they're like jizzing mustard into each other's mouths, it's fucking yeah, horrifying. That, that was the point where I was like, this is getting to the point of distraction for me, and I, you know, <laughs> I love the part where they go back in time and show the hot dog finger ape like killing the regular <laughs> human finger ape, like all uh, uh Stanley Kubrick, one. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. I think it's very funny. That part um, made me laugh too. It was just like, after a while, I was like, all right. I got oh, for sure. But I think that that's part of the reason was that they could show a moment in that, that like, it's so ridiculous, but yet so poignant, even in that universe. You know what I mean? But I did love when they're playing piano with their toes and their toes are like really spread apart. Like they have like really incredible toe control. Yeah. And then she uses it to her advantage <laughs> later on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. In that moment. Yeah. Very good. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, short round. Um, Kihai Kwan is he, that actor's name. Sure, yeah, nice. Um, he was the highlight for me. I was really enjoying every scene he was in. Um, but just overall, really good movie. Um, yeah. You should go and listen to last week's episode and and yeah, tell us what you think of those thoughts. Edit my voice into that episode. Yeah, also you should go and rate our podcast, Brian, and all listeners. But anyway, please good, go good ahead. Good plug, good plug. Um King Richard, I do not understand why Will Smith won Best Actor for that movie. It was okay. Well, you see, he had just assaulted a man on live television, and everyone was really scared. They were like, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. They pull up the card to read the name, and someone else is, and they're like, Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, because I, it was not even a... a top five performance from will smith for me it was so for that to be his crowning role that got him the best actor oscar was shocking i mean for for leo to crawl through the dark for six months um in order to win his oscar and then for for will smith to get it for this it's just well yeah so in the revenant like i don't even think the revenant was leo's best but i understood why he got it for that one because he went to such extremes and like really you could tell he poured every ounce of himself into that thing Will Smith is King Richard, man. I I was having a hard time not seeing Will Smith when he was in the role. Like they just had him with a scraggly beard and gray hair, and and you know he just adopted some of his mannerisms, and it was fine. The movie was 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 a decent movie, but um, yeah, I just I thought it was kind of unfortunate that that ended up being the role that he won it for because I thought he was just okay in it. Um, and the movie itself, like, mainly focuses on Venus, um, and rather than Serena. And what? Rather than Serena, huh? Yeah, Venus a little bit older and was was kind of hitting the circuit first, so they they focused on that, and you barely get any Serena. And so I I was kind of like, eh, I kind of wish they'd found a way to like intertwine them a little bit more and get more Serena in there, but um, I don't know. Anyway, so it was okay. I also watched Richard Jewell, 
which I thought was pretty good actually. That's the one that's kind of documentary, uh, uh, documentary yeah. style on Clint uh, Eastwood. Yeah. The yep on the security guard who um, saved a lot of lives during the '96 Atlanta Olympics bombings. Yeah, but then everybody assumed that he planted it. Yep, he, yeah, it's a really crazy story for sure. Yep, he's just got a, a he's a guy that just had a hard on for being law enforcement, and he took this uh, uh, mysterious bag seriously and saved a bunch of lives when no one else was taking it seriously. And and then they ended up making him suspect number one, and it was this whole ordeal that he had to go through. It was. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I, I was enjoying it. John Hamm's in that one. Um, uh, Kathy Bates. Uh, she just plays the doting mother again. Like she plays that role a lot these days. Like yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that one was pretty good. Uh, shoot, what else did I see? Oh, uh, there's a show on Apple TV uh, called Invasion, and it's literally about aliens invading Earth in a very interesting way. Uh, the visual effects are incredible. A lot of the acting is great. Um, what's the guy's name in the original Jurassic Park movies? The main character. Sam Neill. Sam Neill is in it in a very head scratching role, uh, and I'll leave it at that for anyone who wants to go see it. I don't understand why they even had him in there, but okay. okay. Yeah, he shows up and he was all over the trailers. And then when I watched it, I was like, "Wasn't Sam Neill in this in the beginning? Like, what the hell happened to him?" So anyway, um, but overall, really, really good show, um, and they've they hinted heavily at uh, a season two. So uh, looking forward to more of that when it comes. Um, Cool. That's, that's the big ones for me. Tyler, what's clever with you? Oh, Jeff jumping in before I could send it his way. Um, I watched a TV show on Hulu, which I think is originally on FX. Actually, I watched two um, that I believe were both on FX. Um, I uh, watched Pistol, which is uh, like seven episode uh or like maybe eight episodes tell outlining the story of the sex pistols and their formation in the early punk scene in london um and kind of how their disillusion uh for anyone unaware the sex pistols sort of established like this version of punk that kind of took hold and kind of created what the modern punk sound comes from um and it, they were just kind of put together by like this executive like this kind of like artist kind of person who wanted to like break down the establishment of music and art and he's just a psychopath but they created one album that is a very iconic album very good album and then they went on one massive tour of the u.s and broke up by the end of the tour and never recorded another another album um and it was just kind of like their story of how that all happened and it's um it was okay it was all right i don't think it was very accurate because they had to streamline things that happened over the course of like three or four years uh into just like six or seven episodes um danny boyle served as like the executive producer of the series and kind of showrunner um and you i know for a fact that danny boyle was relatively involved in the early punk scene in the in the uk he was a big fan of it uh, and you can tell that by his early movies and his kind of output um so, um, so yeah, uh, I, I would say I recommend it if you're like a fan of punk music. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, it's interesting to see how much of that early London underground punk scene has really translated into like, well, I don't know about modern day, but like 
the punk scene that I was very involved in in the Bay Area growing up was very similar. Like the that like just like search and destroy that like that idea of like let's let's like destroy the establishment. Let's just let's just not be become ungovernable or whatever right like that was just sort of the mentality that a lot of us had and uh it was interesting to see like the early stages of that and also the fashion sense in all of it was very similar to the way that i dressed growing up just a lot of like really shitty clothes cut up in weird ways and drawn all over and stuff um but yeah i um it was fine. I liked it enough that I watched all of it and I like binged it. Um, I also watched Under the Banner of Heaven, which is a seven episode series starring Andrew Garfield as a Mormon detective investigating a double homicide in Salt Lake City, Utah. And what he uncovers is sort of these fringe Mormon cults um, that uh, are doing some really shady shit. And uh, I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. Sam Worthington's in it, Brian, that your favorite actor. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> or, um, Wyatt Russell's in it. Um, and then I, I, obviously I said, uh, Andrew Garfield is also in it. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was really good. And if you're into kind of weird religious cult stuff, like I am, this is going to be right up your alley. So highly recommend it. There's been a lot of, uh, religious cult stuff, especially around Mormons lately. Um, there's like a keep sweet and pray and obey, I think is what it was called. Documentary on Netflix that I also watched. That was really good. And then last night when my wife got home, she threw on a movie that I hadn't seen in a really long time, but I really love called wrist cutters, a love story starring Shannon Sossaman and the kid from almost famous, whose name is a Patrick Fugit is his name. Um, it's, it's very good. Uh, I just I highly recommend it if uh, you're into sort of like indie emo cinema. <laughs> um, it really fits in there. But yeah, so those are my main recommendations. Jeff, what is your recommendation? Um, I've been sick from home the last couple of days, just working from home. So I watched a lot of shit. Um, I watched, I went on a studio uh, Ghibli marathon. and uh, Is it Ghibli, not Ghibli? Ghibli? Studio Ghibli? I don't know. Um, I went on the marathon of that of that studio, and uh, my personal favorite of the ones that I watched was uh, Princess Mononoke, um, which was an interesting, like, extremely graphic version, which I did not think that, that Studio Ghibli got up to, but um, very fun. Is that the one where she rides a wolf? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, I also finished the, the two-season Justice League cartoon from the early 2000s, and I'm now starting Justice League Unlimited. Which was the follow-up franchise? Which which Justice League cartoon? Not Justice League Unlimited. Or wait, Justice League Unlimited was the sequel. They had an original of just the Founding Seven. Yeah. Oh, that's the Paul uh, Paul Denny one, probably from the Dennyverse. Yeah, it's like it. It has the same bat. It has Kevin yeah, Conroy yeah, yeah. as Batman yep. and yep. stuff like that. It's that same animation style. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I love that show. It's it, good. So after Batman, they did Superman: The Adventures, and then. Uh, or the Superman Adventures or whatever. And then they did Justice League. And then yeah. they did Justice League Unlimited. Yes. And like I went through about 10 years ago and just binged all of them in order. So like in order of release date. And uh, it's a very fun exercise to do that if you are re- if you remember the 90s and were as into those cartoons as I was. Because they kickstarted my love for DC Comics. So sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Which, which you don't even read anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm watching Justice League Unlimited currently. How dare you? And uh, I also got to do a shout out, Young Justice season three, 
wrapped, uh, or season four, I don't know, a um, couple weeks back. I love that show just because it doesn't really hold people's hands as far as what's going on. It just expects you to know who the new gods are and what they're capable of. And it's just like, yep, we're going to a planet called the new gods, get in the car, go. Uh, and it just kind of makes you feel like you're actually a part of this DC universe where you're just a character that's just like, what's going on? Who's that? Okay. Uh, super fun. And it also takes old storylines and, and really breathes some new, new, new life into them and tells them in new and fun ways. Um, yeah. I also uh, finished Umbrella Academy last night. Uh, I was up pretty late just watching random shit. And uh, we'll talk about that officially later. Um, and then I also, because of a recommendation, watched <laughs> David Bowie's Labyrinth. Because I'd never seen it before. Um, and that was a trip. I. Uh, what did you think of the cod piece? <laughs> Uh, for me, the biggest... He just is wearing this massive dick piece, like, the whole movie. He's like this massive hog. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like a children's movie. He's just got his dick, basically, on display in this, like, massive thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, it was uh, It was entertaining for what it was. It was uh, <clears throat> It was a good movie. Um, um, I... Jennifer Connelly in that movie... Uh, careful. ...was a big, uh, a big part of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I was very yeah I like that movie specifically for her um sorry go ahead yeah that's all I, I just watched all that stuff cool um great well uh does anyone want to wrap us up say thank you and give a uh call to action for the uh for the cast or for the listeners Jeff wrap it Okay. Uh, if you liked what you said, if you agree with me that uh, and everything that I've said that the, the Obi-Wan TV show wasn't that great, you could skip the first couple episodes and uh, that the prequel trilogy is the best trilogy, then go ahead and reach out to Tyler. Let him know that Jeff is right and that the other two are wrong. Um, yeah. Did you like Obi-Wan? Did you like anything else that we've talked about here today? And if you have, then don't be afraid to reach out to us. Tyler will uh, sit down with you on a phone call for at least an hour. That's our guarantee. All you got to do is reach yeah. out. I actually will agree to that. If you want to call me and you can find out what my number is, just start dialing random numbers into your phone until you get to me. I will talk to you if you do that. I'll give you a head start. The first number is a four. Wow. Okay, Jeff. Cheater. Um, now I'm taking back my offer. I'm actually rescinding the offer now that Jeff's cheating. So don't call me. Um, all right, guys. Yep. Reach out to us. Still don't have an Instagram. Still working on getting it back, but probably going to have to create a new one. Um, and also, yeah, so just email us. Should we what? launch a YouTube channel? We are recording our, our <laughs> uh, live recordings. It'll be impossible for Tyler to edit, so it'll be the, the unabridged versions. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. Our, our our podcast is basically an unabridged version as it is. <laughs> I barely edit at this point. We, we have the recordings. They're out there. Uh, if you want us to start a YouTube channel, you could watch us, stare at us, stare at each other. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm going to have to start showering before these if we do that. <laughs> Like, yeah, people see me in my my morning glory. All right. All right. Thanks, Bye, everybody. everyone. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us, 
Be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever.